today's topic would be to answer the question, whether the, where did the Bible came from, right? Or today I would like to present to you, I'd like to present to you the fact that the Bible actually came from God. If you agree, can I see you raise your hand? Okay, good. That I still don't agree with it. Doesn't matter. That is why I'm here. <laughs> All right. The main focus of today's message is to help you to realize, or at least to form conviction, that the Bible came from God. That is, the Bible is God's word. And it can be trusted more than your feelings, your values, opinions, or even culture of the day. Now, the question we want to answer through this message today it's how do we know the Bible came from God? Or how do we know the Bible is correct? Or what does it mean when, the Bible, when we say that the Bible is inspired by God? Now, today, Pastor Mike uh, had a new uh, scripture uh, reading or a memorization, right? They need you to memorize a new scripture. And beginning, it says that the Bible is inspired by God. So what does it mean that Bible is inspired by God? Now, to talk about this, I believe many of you would have Realize, right? The Christian Bible has received many attention from many people. Right? It has received worldwide attention even still. Right? In fact, the Time magazine has covered the topic on the Bible several times. Right? Let me show you the next slide and you get to see the cover of this Time magazine. Uh, right, oh, the animation one. Power, lah. that's it. Right? These are some of the topics that we see the Time magazine covered. How true is the Bible? Is the Bible fact or fiction? Or why should we teach the Bible in public school? Now, these are the several topics that the Time magazine choose to cover. Many people have different ideas on the Bible. To the Christians, we believe it is the Word of God. Some Christians, believe it is the holy book. Uh, some of you uh, or others would have treated just another storybook. Or even some would say, it is a good book, right? Just like any other novel that I've read. Nowadays, some people even treat it as a good decoration item. Oh, I need to build one cabinet, then I place one holy Bible there, open it up, so that it looks like Wow, I, I appreciate the cultures. I appreciate other people's culture, right? But today, I want to tell you that, you know, aside from all this, Bible is just not a good book itself. To us, it is also a guidebook. It is not meant for you to place on your shelf so that it looks good. It is meant to work like a map so that you can always refer to. In fact, I would say the Bible should be our guidebook for the rest of our lives. Now, despite all that I have presented, there are still some common questions or doubts about the Bible being the Word of God. Some people will say, hey, isn't the Bible written by man and not by God himself? Or some will even challenge. I've studied history and I realize that the Bible has been changed many times throughout the years. Some of you didn't look at historical value. You might say, 
you know what? Bible is just filled with a lot of hard phrases for me to understand. Then if you have the digital Bible, it becomes even more confusing, isn't it? Last time, most of the time in children's church, we use good news version. Everyone read the common version. Then the adult maybe read KJV or NKJV or even more modern NIV. Now there is so many V to a point that I don't know how to list or read. Sometimes we have MLV also, Michael Young's version. Right? <laughs> so there is so many versions to the Bible. Sometimes when we read the Bible, hey, how come your Bible and my Bible different? Huh? And people challenge that too, you see? Like, hey, how come it is not common? I thought the version that we read should be aligned or at least looks the same. But the one I saw on the PPT is different than the one that I'm reading on my digital Bible or even my physical Bible. Or some of you, or the youth uh, per se, they are more feelings driven. The next question they ask is, how can this book speak to me? When you say it is the Word of God, what about it? How can it touch my emotion? Now today, I will try or attempt to answer this question. If I cannot answer this question, you can still look for me. I will still try and attempt to answer to satisfy your queries, but no guarantee, okay? <laughs> so to see the Bible for what it is, we have to see the Bible at least in three words. First, we have to know that it is a form of revelation, all right? The word revelation, as it answers the question why the Bible is different from all the other religious books. Secondly, inspiration. This is to answer the question that the Bible was written by men. Thirdly, illumination. This answers the question on how the Bible speaks to me. Right? Okay, next. Okay? So the first word, revelation. What does it mean by revelation? Revelation means that God has chosen to reveal His nature and His view through His Bible, through the Bible. The Bible was written so that God could have showed us what He is like and what He wants us to be like. All right? And an understanding of God comes slowly through His decision to reveal Himself to us. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 23, it says, And so I will show my greatness and my holiness, and I will make myself known in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Right? Secondly, the second word, inspiration. Inspiration is the process through which God gave us the Bible. Now we know the Bible was revealed by God to show us what He is like and what He wants us to be like. But there needs a process of how God chooses to give us a Bible. And inspiration seems to be the method. God works in the heart of these human writers to inspire them to write down 
His words or God's words. Therefore, if we believe that the Bible is God's word, we also have to believe that the Bible is perfect, infallible, and trustworthy. Even though, I repeat, even though it is written by men. Just now we have read uh, the book on 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, right? It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right, right? So therefore, second word, inspiration. Thirdly, illumination. Okay? It's illumination, okay? Not illuminati, eh? Illumination. Illumination, it's the Holy Spirit works of bringing light to the words of the Bible as we read them. Illumination is the means by which we understand the Bible. Now, if we were to understand all these three words, we now then know that the Bible isn't just a compilation of man's idea. For if it is true that the Bible is just a compilation of man's idea, one can choose to take it or leave it, isn't it? If it is a compilation of man's idea, then I say leave it. Lah. Don't bother taking it also. It's just another person's idea. Alright? And if it's a compilation of man's idea, it will never stand the test of time. It will never stand. Anyone across this many years will have find flaws to it and will have bring the entire idea down. But it isn't. But if it is true that the Bible is the Word of God, then we have to treat it seriously. Tell the one next to you, we have to treat it seriously. <laughs> well, once it's serious, also not too serious. Huh? <laughs> we have to have a new love and commitment towards the Word of God and to even share this with others. Right? That is why oftentimes I often encourages people, or at least to the one close to me, my youth, I will say it to this, I will say that to them. If we always say that the Bible is the word of God and we don't read it, what are we actually advocating? We are actually showing or we are actually advocating that the Bible isn't that true. We are actually advocating the Bible isn't important. But if it's God's word, you will hold it dearly, isn't it? Say I were to describe that, say, let's say, uh, I say everyone in the Bible brings the value of one kilograms of gold. You have hold it dearly, isn't it? Right? If it's just more than words, you would treasure in your heart. You'll realize that it is treasure rather than just another book. But if it's treasure but not used, what is the use of the treasure? No value. Huh? Correct. Right? Uh, 
your ang pao, you may get 100 ringgit dollar. The 100 ringgit dollar will remain just a bill or a piece of paper unless you use it, isn't it? So what's the use of keeping your Bible if you don't choose to use it? Right? Chuck Swindle, next slide. Chuck Swindle said this, If I could have only one wish for God's people, it would be that all of us will return to the Word of God and we we would realise that His book has the answers. The Bible is the authority, the final resting place of your cares, worries, grief, tragedies, sorrows and our surprises. It is the final answer to our questions, our search. So today, we cannot cover all the topic. We only covered the topic on revelation and inspiration. In the following series, uh, Pastor Mike would be describing more on the illumination part in depth. So today, we will only look at the several questions. Why do God give us the Bible? How do we know that the Bible came from God? What makes the Bible more trustworthy than any other book? And is there any objective evidence that the Bible is from God? And to show you that, there are these four classic proofs to show the reliability of the Bible. Now everyone, raise your hand and show the number four. Right, then tell the one next to you there is four classic proof. <laughs> These four proofs will eventually help us to answer the many doubts and questions about the reliability and the origin of the Bible. So the first evidence we want to look at is the external evidence. All right, let me read to you first huh, the four different classic proofs. Huh? There are the external evidence that say that the Bible is historically accurate. Then there is the internal evidence that says that the Bible is a unique book. Then there is the confirmation by uh, archaeologists, uh, the internal evidence, then the manuscript that were copied. Right? These are the few proofs that we can see. Lah. So firstly, the external evidence. There are evidences outside of the Bible that describe how is this historically accurate? Firstly, the abundance of ancient manuscripts to compare the Bible that we have today. There are many New Testament manuscripts, handwritten texts of the Bible that is found in historical places that matches the Bible that we have today. And these ancient manuscripts were made into many copies not long after the first copy that was written. These manuscripts were also written not long after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Norman Geisler said this, For the New Testament, listen carefully, uh, this is the evidences uh, that people have found. Huh? For the New Testament, the evidence is overwhelming. There are 5,366 manuscripts to compare and draw information from. And from this date, from the second or third centuries, to put into perspective, uh, no one guys even put it into perspective, uh, into some of the well-known books that we know, there are only 643 copies of the Homer's Iliad. And that gave us the most famous book of the ancient Greece. All right? 
Malaysian may not know this book that well, uh, but to a lot of the Western country, they believe that this book uh, by Homer's Iliad is actually historical book. Uh, it's proven, right? No one doubt the existence of Julius Caesar uh, Gallic Wars, but the amount of coffee that they have is only 10. And in fact, the earliest of those that they have found from the Gallic Wars are actually made 1,000 years after it was written. To have such abundance copies of the New Testament, 5,366 manuscripts that were found, they were all found from the dates within 70 years. 70 years, my brothers and sisters. The world can accept a book and treat it for real from Julius Caesar. A thousand, the copy that was made a thousand years. Or Homer's Iliad, which only has 643 copies. And sometimes we doubt the existence of the Bible when we have the abundance of manuscript, 5,366 copies within the 70 years of writing. Tell the one next to you, how can I don't believe? La? <laughs> Knowing this, some may even challenge and ask the question, okay, if that's so, then why would God hand us copies rather than the original copy of the Bible? God could have just given us the correct copy, right? The original one. Bam! Now, the Bible didn't tell us why. But perhaps, perhaps, if we truly have that original copy, if we truly have the original copy of the Bible, Handwritten by Jesus himself. Precious on huh, that Bible. I think a lot of people want to steal that Bible also. Most probably we'll be worshipping that Bible as a relic rather than worshipping Jesus himself, isn't it? For the Bible, I can see. Ma. Jesus, I cannot see. Ma. Correct or not? Make sense? So then the aside from the handed copies, there are also people that want to argue. Hey, your Bible... Translated one there. Now it is important uh, for us to know that the Bible uh, that we have uh, is translated from Hebrew, is translated from Aramaic and Greek. Therefore, it makes a lot of Bible students like us uh, suffer when we study theology, especially studying language. It's a whole new world, I, I can assure you. And honestly, after studying, <laughs> One term, I just cannot. <laughs> I realize that to, there is a deep appreciation of the language, and that I assure you. But studying the language itself is not as easy. Right? So we have to know uh, the Bible is actually translated. Don't go out and tell people, you know, the Bible original version is in English version. Or don't go and say, oh, I'm from Chinese congregation. It comes from China. Right? All Bible made from China. So China. Uh, not that case. Huh? Many holes at the idea that the Bible is not passed down from language to language. And therefore, in the process, huh, meaning may have changed or even lost. 
But such statement cannot to be said is true. Scholars all around the world, while I may not be the one seriously studying the language, doesn't mean there aren't scholars that have seriously devoted their time in studying the language. When I was doing my Greek and my Hebrews in Bible school, I have this good friend of mine that scores every paper. Every paper he scores A. Even the lecturers is surprised. We thought that, you know, how could you study that well? You know, we only have 10 weeks. That 10 weeks uh, isn't for us to memorize the alphabet, you know. The 10 weeks, in the end, we need to memorize the vocab, need to form sentence, need to read. But my friend scored it, no? And as I asked him, he said he appreciated the language way before. He really devotes his time into studying the language. And this is just a Bible school student. Eh? What about scholars that have placed their time and even their lives into it? These are scholars with high qualification. These are not the SBM leavers that are studying the language. These are people who hold multiple doctorates under their belts. While, of course, as we read the English Bible, even after studying Hebrew and Greek, I do realize the English Bible at times cannot give the full essence of the text. But that does not mean, I want to repeat this, that does not mean the meaning is all lost. Because of the culture that they have, one word will have a lot of concept to it. But the scholars, after reading it, seeing the context of the entire passage or even the entire book, decided that, you know, it does suit based on the context and most of the scholars around the world would agree. So therefore, your Bible is not that bad. <laughs> Okay, don't say, oh, yeah, I don't have the original language. I don't appreciate. This is not the original meaning. Not so. Not so, okay? So then secondly, we also have to see the extreme care, how this manuscript were copied. I always love this section. You know why? Because the way how these people copy this manuscript is just crazy. Tell the one next to you, it's crazy. <laughs> Oh, I like Elder E saying that loud. It's crazy. <laughs> the scribes follow a strict, meticulous rules to ensure the accuracy of the copies that we have. All right? And here are just some of the rules. Huh? Not all the rules that they ought to follow. But here are just some of the rules. When the scribes were to copy the manuscript, they have to ensure each row and column must have the same length. And with as the original copy. Alright? Then each page and section of these passages must have the equal amount of words and word spacing as the original copy. On top of that, they also have to use specific blacking on a specific type of papyrus paper. Then they have to count and check the occurrence of each letter in every page 
in order to match the total letters in the original manuscript. Then, the scribes still have to follow, strictly follow each letter to see down to its stroke and space between each letter, and that must match back exactly with the original manuscript. Because the word sometimes you will have one dot or not, they even do, they even make sure that their scribe have to dress themselves and clean themselves before copying the word of God. And if they do find an additional stroke in that copy, they destroy the whole thing. Thank God for Microsoft Word. Huh? <laughs> Thank God. Nowadays, uh, we still realize uh, on prediction text, you know. I, uh, very lazy one to spell. Uh, type, type, type. Wrong also. Ah, click. <laughs> right? Google is even better. If you, if you type your email on Gmail, uh, don't you realize they are just amazing? Knowing the sender, uh, they, can, they can assume what you want to type to the sender already. Right? With the advancement of technology, it seems that convenient, isn't it? Seems so easy. But the scribe back then, a one stroke, no. <laughs> one stroke. Thank God our God didn't place me at that time. Uh. I always say God knows who to place, when to place his people at the right time. Because if I were the scribe back then, I would have neglected that one stroke. Uh. Ayah God. Thousands more copies behind it, ma. If they were to compare, they would have already known which is the correct version. Why want to destroy the whole thing? I put my time into it doing it. But that's how serious the scribes were. Just to copy the manuscript. Right? So, tell the one next to you, they place a lot of time. So knowing how meticulous this manuscript will copy, then there is also the next step, right? The confirmation of dates and places of the Bible by the archaeologists, right? These are all still external evidences. Huh? The discovery of the Dead Sea Scroll, huh? everyone knows the Dead Sea Scroll huh? that found at the Qumran Caves in Palestine between the year 1946 to 1956, contained thousands of ancient Jewish and Hebrew religious manuscripts. The many manuscripts found in this cave matches the biblical manuscript that we have about the Old Testament. There are very little differences between the ancient manuscript that we have and the Dead Sea Scrolls manuscript. It means that there are no changes in about a thousand years between what was handed down to us and what was kept in the Dead Sea Scroll. The archaeological findings through the past century has again and again proven that the historical accuracy of the Bible. Before this, there are many critics to the Bible. Many people... Many of these critics disputed the place, the events, or even the people mentioned in the Bible, such as Abraham and the many kings that he has encountered, the existence of the city of Nineveh, the tribe of the Hittites, the wealth of King Solomon, 
and his army horses and chariots, which later on, archaeologists later on found it to be true. In fact, the book of Acts itself also have a lot of historical accuracy. In total, alright, in total, Luke named 32 countries, 54 cities, 9 islands, and none of it is without error. And all of it is without error, sorry. <laughs> uh, meaning to say some of you still got to pay attention, huh? very good. <laughs> so discovery over discovery has established the accuracy of the innumerable details and has brought the increased recognition to the value of the Bible as a source of history. So tell the one next to you, the Bible is real. Then secondly, uh, the next classic proof that we want to look at is the internal evidence. Right? The internal evidence, right, says that the Bible is a unique, trustworthy, and reliable. Majority of this writing were from first-hand eyewitnesses who have experiences the events of the Bible. This first-hand, uh, not second-hand, uh, not that. Someone hear from who, then eventually write it. So, most of it are written by the first-hand witnesses, first-hand eyewitnesses. For example, Moses and the Israelites that were there when the Red Sea parted. Or Joshua saw with his own eyes the wall of Jericho collapse. Or the disciple of Jesus when he appeared to them when he is alive. All this amazing agreement, the consistency and the coherency of the books of the Bible points to the uniqueness of the Bible that we have. Right? This Bible was written approximately by 40 men of diverse backgrounds over the course of 1,500 years. And yet, all of them agree the main teachings of the Bible. Scholars, uh, or Bible school students, I don't say scholars. Uh, Bible school students, uh, over a certain idea of theology, uh, they will still disagree with one another. Right? We still come from the same background, you know. Even from the same denomination. All assemblies of God, all listen to the same lecture. But yet, at the end of the day, when we write our thesis, uh, everyone has different opinion. But yet... <laughs> These are people from the same background, <laughs> same teaching, still can come up with different ideas. Yet, the Bible was written by 40, approximately 40 people of diverse background. These are the learned against the not-so-learned. And yet, they can come to agreement. To me, this itself is already a miracle. Right? So next, let's look at the personal evidence uh, or the internal evidence first. Okay. So the internal evidence, we know that Jesus said that the Bible came from God. Right? Jesus himself recognizes that the Holy Spirit is the author. That's why in Matthew chapter 22, it says, how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, 
calls him Lord, for he says, The Lord say to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. We believe Jesus is God, right? Wait, this is First Assembly of God Church, right? A bit, a bit scared, huh? after coming back from Taiwan, change already. <laughs> Recognize Jesus is God, amen? Wow, thank God. Lah. I'm really scared, eh? so maybe after that change, not church already, become temple. Oh, wow. <laughs> Secondly, Jesus quoted the Bible as authoritative. Next. In Matthew chapter 22, again, Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the scripture or the power of God. In Luke, it says, Blessed are, the uh, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Thirdly, Jesus himself proclaimed its uniqueness. Right? Jesus said that this book is so unique that he said that not even the smallest letter or the least stroke of a pen will disappear from the law. Jesus also called the Bible or the scripture as the word of God, in which we see in Mark chapter 7. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you have do many things like that. All right. Lastly, Jesus believed that the people and places in the Bible were real. Right? Jesus, living in the Old Testament, recognizes belief in the prophets. Therefore, the Old Testament. Now, it's imperative to know this. It's because there are also a group of people who believe that Christians should only read the New Testament and not the Old Testament. Right? So, here I want to assure you the Bible, be it the Old or the New, it's the Word of God. Right? Jesus believed in Noah. Uh, the, uh, the note of Noah, the, he believed in Adam and Eve. He believed in Sodom, the, the incident in Sodom and Gomorrah. He also believed the incident in Jonah. Right? So this are real. These are not exaggeration. Alright. Next. Through all these classic proofs of the reliability of the Bible, it clearly shows us that the Bible is the revealed word of God. God revealed, just to reveal himself through his word, the Bible, telling us who he is and all his teaching throughout all generations. John MacArthur Jr. said this, the Bible is the only completely trustworthy source of knowledge about God. Man can't learn all he needs to know about God from human reason, philosophy, or even experience. God alone is a source of knowledge about himself, and he has chosen to reveal himself in the Bible and in no other book. The Bible is actually the Revelation of God himself to us to tell him who he is. And the Bible was given to us in order to guide us and to change our life. But then we need to ask the next question also. How did we know that the Bible came from God? Right? It's easy to hear, ah, you are a pastor, you say this, 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 this. How do I know that the Bible actually came from God? So we know the Bible came from God is because we, from the scripture we learn that 
All scriptures are inspired by God, isn't it? And this makes it unique. But every time we talk about inspiration, there comes the next question. How I know or how reliable are this writing? Since it is written by human, and it is, even if it's written by human, the next people would say it's not written verbatim or word by word. Right? It's not like God tell me one word, I write one word. Right? Then, once that we know that it's not verbatim, people want to do analysis. Then how many percent uh, the Bible is actually, re- it's actually from man? <laughs> if we were to give in to such thought, my brothers and sisters, I would tell you it is hard for us to take in for the Bible for what it is written. In fact, we will be only selective to the truth since the truth is only applicable to what I choose to believe. Norman Geisler said this, Inspiration does not simply mean that the writer felt enthusiastic, nor does it mean that the writings are necessarily inspiring like an uplifting poem. As a process, it refers to the writers and the writings being controlled by God. As a product, it refers to the writings only as documents that are God's message. So what does it mean when we say that the Bible is inspired? Firstly, we need to know, inspiration means God wrote the Bible through people. Next. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21 said this, For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, true human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Earlier I have mentioned, God uses people from different backgrounds to write down the Bible. God used people like shepherds, farmers, fishermen, kings, tax collectors, doctors, marketplace people, and many other people to write down the Bible. Through inspiration, God moves the people internally to write the eternal Word of God. In their writings, you can clearly see their passion, isn't it? As you read the Bible, you can see a lot of this writer has passion in their writing. And despite all that, because of their passion, some of the critics will discredit what was written. And yet, despite all the passion, here's something surprising. We do not see folklore written in the Bible. You know, now we live in more modern world, we know the world is round now, correct? Right? No one believes the world is flat, ma, right? But back then, most of people believe that the world is flat, well, correct or not? And yet we don't see this in the writing one, no. Hey, this is what I learned, ma, correct or not? Just like I, I write my thesis, uh, what I learned, I just put it down. <laughs> and yet we don't see that one. Or the best example, Moses. Right? Moses is trained with Egyptian knowledge, isn't it? And Moses penned down that five book. Right? We don't see any of this ancient teaching in those writing one more. 
Hey, that's what I learned, what? If I were to, if this, okay, let's just put this, uh-huh. if we say human rights, the Bible, and I'm only partly inspired by God, and I can do whatever I want to write, we have seen all this contradiction already, isn't it? We will say, eh, how come it's written that way, huh? How come there is the element of the ancient Egyptian teaching or philosophy in it? And yet we don't see that. Wouldn't that best explain that God actually still used people to write His own word? Next, inspiration means the Holy Spirit is the author. Right? Acts chapter 1 says, The scripture had to be fulfilled by which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David. Again, the Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefather when he said through Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. Even in Ezekiel, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and told me to say. From all this scripture, we see that God is the one who leads and guides the entire process of writing. God doesn't only inspire ideas, but He also inspired the words. God inspired not only part of the books, but every book. Even though He works through people, that does not discredit Him being the author. That is why the Bible that we believe has to be divinely accurate and without error, even though it is written by imperfect people. In fact, the perfect God chose to use many different imperfect people of great diverse background to write the Bible. It's a great miracle in itself. Amen? Therefore, the authority is in God's Word and not our opinion on God's Word. Right? Psalm 18 says, as for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. And He is a shield for all who take refuge in Him. Okay? Last point about inspiration. Inspiration means God's word is to be our final authority. For some, and this is very real, we felt that some portion of the Bible is so inspiring. And it speaks to us more, right? Like I always say, you know, the Lord is very humorous when He called me to come into full time to serve, right? When He chooses the word from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. Wow, so inspiring, leh. Everyone here that scripture also want to claim that scripture, isn't it? Right? Well, once you go into Bible school, huh, Bible school will teach you, and that is out of context. Lah. <laughs> that is written to the Israelite, not to you. Sometimes when we read the Bible, it does seem very uplifting. Right? And it feels that like it speaks to us more. But, don't just and choose the Bible. Oh, those that suits you, everything you claim. Those scripture that suddenly rebukes you in the spirit, you cast it off in Jesus' name. 
Thank God you didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't say you all, huh? but if you do, better go and repent, okay? How can you ask, how can you use Jesus' name to cast his own words? So ridiculous. Isn't it? Don't pick those that, ah, the Lord tell me this, 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 all good things. All the bad things, huh? those are for the Israelites. Those are for the rebellious disciple. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> it's not the Bible written for us. It's not the Bible written for us. Therefore, don't prefer one portion, then ignore the other. If we believe the Bible is inspired of God, we take it as a whole. Amen? I pity Pastor Mike, I've got a lot of things to do. <laughs> After Chinese New Year, all gone already. It is, it, the Bible must have the final authority for everything concerning morality, our conduct and our lives. Amen? Thank you. <laughs> Over the years, many have challenged the idea of the Christian Bible being the truly Word of God. Since it is not written verbatim. And, and most of the time people challenge us because it is inspired by God means it's written by human hand. You know, I remember once uh, one of my good friend, a Muslim friend, came to me and challenged me this. He said, no matter how good you read your Bible, like it or not, your Bible is just another translated version. He said to me, you're not, reading it, you're not reading it in its original language, unlike curse. In fact, because of his word, huh, it forced me to study the Hebrew and Greek. Originally, I don't need to take these two languages. One. <laughs> but because of what he said, I said, huh, I cannot lose to you. Lah. Die also, I must study. Little did I know after Hebrew one and Greek one, I tell myself I'm limited at the moment. Once I'm not too limited, I will continue to pursue, but that is on the later stage. And therefore, because of what he said, sometimes it causes me to reflect one thing. Why would people of other religions treat their holy book that seriously. It is true. We are way more convenient. We have the translation, uh, translated, word of the, uh, translated word of God into our own language that we can understand. But can you imagine people of other faith actually put in time and study those words in its original language? And sometimes, sir, uh, when we say, you know, the Bible is the Word of God and what not, what not, uh, and we have people translating it for us, still we neglect it. Still we neglect it. From the Bible we read, uh, the Bible that we have consists of 66 books. Again, I want to repeat written approximately by 40 over men from different backgrounds. Then not only from different backgrounds, they are different forms of writings if you study properly. Huh? If you haven't studied, attend Logos, okay? 
We've learned there is narrative version of it, letters, poetic forms of writings, over the course of 1,500 years. All this element, we don't see it contradicting one another. Rather, we see how it complements one another. Just to put it into perspective, just do Pictionary good enough already. <laughs> right? You ask someone or to do charade, one person can hang it out and you have thousand answers. One. <laughs> that is only one word. Like sometimes I think about it. Uh, only one word. Uh, we got 10 million versions of it. But still, uh, 66 books. Uh, I don't know how many words are there. Uh, I didn't research it. And still, uh, none of it contradicts. Despite people from different backgrounds. Therefore, brothers and sisters, can I encourage you to truly think and to truly take in, to believe that the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, not only the New Testament or not only the Old Testament, both of them are verbally inspired by God. And it is God's revelation to us. Therefore, let's take it seriously. For the Bible, it's infallible. It is not capable of being erroneous or wrong. And it is authoritative in our life. Some people might challenge you, especially people in this culture, will say that you're very close-minded. You like to be exclusive. Huh? Christians, huh? in Chinese, are all very one, all bullies. Whatever you say also correct. What we say also not correct. Right? We say Jesus is the only way to heaven. Oh, only your Jesus can go to heaven. Huh? Other people don't go to heaven. We say the Bible is the only word from God. Well, only your, only your Bible is considered holy book. Huh? The rest of us not holy book. Huh? Some people will challenge us in this time. But being exclusive uh, doesn't mean there is not truth in it. Neither. Right? Your compass only got one true north only, right? <laughs> I haven't bought a compass where I got a lot of... Whatever I choose to believe, uh, I think E stands for north. Ha, huh, that must be love. Isn't it? <laughs> truth is truth. Unless I don't believe it's truth. Unless you don't believe the Bible is true, by all means, burn your Bible. I'm going to be very extreme. I'm going to be very aggressive. Since you don't believe it, don't spend time in it. But if you believe it, can I challenge you to take it more seriously? Amen. Amen. When I go to Taiwan, I just want to end with this story. When I go to Taiwan, I'm really blessed. I'm truly blessed. I want to say that Originally, I don't want to go. <laughs> I tell you, I really don't want to go because when I go there, it's like I'm going to super fun time like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> when I was there, I'm like, is this children and youth conference or is this purely children conference? They ask us to do uh, a lot of ridiculous things. Paiso, Paiso.
<laughs> Make it worse. I'm not good in Chinese. <laughs> they keep speaking in Chinese and I'm lost. What are we supposed to do now? Huh? What's the next step? Am I wrong? And people recognize me as pastor. How come this pastor don't participate one? <laughs> Yet, uh, I love what the, what the pastor said. A lot of speakers in the conference tell us the world has changed. There are different approaches on how we should deal with this generation. But the main pastor told us this, or the main person in charge, uh, Pastor Chusu Meifei. She said this, whatever matters you want to look at uh, is one thing. I will never neglect the word of God in the lives of my children. Therefore, from young, uh, they forced, actually throughout the camp, uh, it's like military camp. Uh, they force you to read the Bible. They ask you to memorize, so on and so forth. Uh. Shockingly, Amazingly, ask Pastor Jaslyn. They will all agree. You'll be surprised uh, how this little kid uh, from four years old, five years old uh, can sit down quietly uh, listening to the message. It becomes a very good reflection for me. How can a young kid like them uh, treat the Word of God so seriously uh, and not us as adults, where our minds are more mature, capable of thinking and analyzing. Brothers and sisters, can I ask you to join me, to join Pastor Mike in his journey in building strong foundation in our lives. Amen. It's not an easy journey, let me tell you this. Well, read back your Bible sometimes, you stop so long, uh, oh, yeah, you'll be dragging yourself, want to open the first, even want to flip the first page also, very, very heavy. I challenge you, uh, don't bother reading one chapter. Start with 10 verses. Uh. If 10 verses is not enough, push to 15 verses. Uh. If 15 verses, still cannot get the context, go to one chapter. Slowly you will find, uh, reading the Bible becomes very, very inspiring. You feel that how this Bible, which is written so long ago, till today, still speaks to you and me. Amen. Lastly, I would like you all of you to reflect on these two questions. What is the Bible to you after listening to today's message? What is hindering you from getting to know the Word of God entirely and not partially? Secondly, how can I start treating the Word of God as authoritative, trustworthy and final for morality, conduct and life? Right now, I'd like to invite the worship team to lead us in a time of worship as we reflect on this question. And I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, can we all agree, starting from today, we will treat our Bible more seriously?
If you agree, can I ask you to stand on your feet and let's dedicate ourselves and say, God, I'm willing to commit myself into studying the Bible more seriously. Thank you.